podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. to the Cut to the Race podcast. Uh, it's me, your host today, James. Uh, I was your panellist on the race review a few days ago, but back on hosting duties because we're without Ollie today. Uh, but I do have Sam and Abby with me as ever. Uh, Sam, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, how are you doing? Aside from the cold, I also like to think that they, they know who we are by now. Yeah, this is true. Uh, I mean, you never know where there's a new listener, though. Uh, I, I mean, I won't bother saying much more about you than your name so yeah glad you're well uh i'm okay the cold is it's i'm coming out of it now i'm past the worst uh, my voice is hopefully a little bit less unpleasant to to listen to uh, abby how are you i'm good thank you i don't have a cold but i am cold because the weather where i live has gotten very wintry quite quickly um but yeah i'm all right thank you yeah, it, it went down 10 degrees overnight here, which is was quite literally going from Weird summer though. to winter with no water. Yeah, about a week ago, it just dropped. Um, I mean, Abby makes it sound like she doesn't live like, what, like 100 miles from me? <laughs> like, <laughs> so it makes it sound like she lives in like Scandinavia. <laughs> You're in a t-shirt and I'm in a sweatshirt with a blanket on my lap. So, you know. If yeah. only there were a way to heat the inside of our homes. I look forward to that day. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. we're not here to talk about the weather. Uh, we've been given a very specific topic, uh, which is sprint races by uh, our overlord, Oliver. Never before has a boy asked for more. Well, there you go. A very a lovely Dickensian joke for you there from oh, uh, I hate Mr. Samuel Coop. <laughs> But, uh, well, we, we will have some more uh, talk about sprint races because we, we did chat about it a bit, uh, but we had to, a lot to cover, obviously, in the race review. Uh, so what we'll do in this episode, we'll, we'll talk about what does work, what doesn't work, and then we'll try and propose some solutions. So let's crack straight on with it. Um, and let's, yeah, go positives first. Let's get the positivity out of the way before we can fall into our natural British negativity uh, of moaning about things including the weather, but today's sprint races. Uh, what for you guys does work about the current format? And uh, it's worth mentioning, obviously, that it's quite new for this year. Uh, it's It's been revamped already once in the last, what, six months or so. Yeah, and I think, obviously, it was brought in to kind of expand the weekend action over the three days because a lot of people weren't paying much attention to the Friday because it was just FP2 fp1 and fp2 and now with this year's sprint you obviously have qualifying for the grand prix on the friday a sprint saturday and then the grand prix on the sunday and i i do like the sprint saturday i like having everything to do with the sprint all in one day rather than having it 
on multiple days over the weekend. It makes it go by a lot quicker. I think newer fans, it has brought more engagement from them because there is more action to see. We are seeing the drivers fight for more, taking risks, having that element of danger in a sprint shootout and in a sprint race because obviously at the moment they can't change or alter the cars until well from after qualifying on the friday because of park Fermi rules so it does add that element of danger but yeah i think it just it adds some excitement to the weekend but obviously there is a lot more a lot more issues that we will discuss later yeah absolutely i think if you're looking at you know, as simple as sessions that count or sessions that matter, I think it's it's an improvement. And I, I imagine if you were to drill down into the numbers, you'd get more eyeballs on screens and more bums in seats over a weekend. And I like the, the one-day standalone event thing. Um, I think that works. I think not that we're getting into what doesn't work yet, but... I think that could be moved, but I, I like, I, I would keep that element, that whole kind of one day event side of it. Um, and I also think the one practice session is a really interesting and novel way of making practice feel that much more important. I ne- I'm never more excited about a practice session than I am for an FP1 over a sprint weekend. Um, yeah, and I appreciate fair. they, yeah, they're not the, the sexiest part of a weekend ever, um, but it really feels like it matters. Yeah. And uh, no, I'd agree with that. I think the other thing it did, if you put the, the two sprint formats we've had, I, I certainly prefer the one we have now. Um, it, it tidied up at some of the not overly serious, but uh, nonetheless frustrating issues we had with the first one. Like, I remember it was you know, who was awarded pole position. It was that whole messy thing of, oh, initially it was not the fastest qualifier, but yeah. the person who won the sprint race got oh. the pole. And then the fastest qualifier, but not necessarily the driver who actually started on pole, which yeah. not aren't overly serious things, but just a bit messy really in yep. the, the history books. And in theory, I think it gave the drivers more incentive to produce some will to will action because the the qualifying, well, the, the sprint qualifying or whatever you wanted to call it originally, deciding the grid, generally they kind of, you know, lick the stamp and send it type overtaking move and manoeuvres were probably avoided because the pros outweighed the cons. Uh, the, pro, the cons outweighed the pros. Um, so I think it's definitely better than what we've had before, but as we may as well, I mean, unless you guys have any more pros... <laughs> Shall we shall we move on to the cons of the format? Uh yeah, I mean I think we quite That's all of them, isn't it? Summed up <laughs> yeah. what, what works. Um and yeah, and, and and that's the basis for you know where we're gonna build upon now. Because yeah, as you say, James, there's a lot that needs to be improved. So yeah. Let's roll on to the to the negatives then. Or feel free. You don't need me to tee you up for that. This is unless you got unless you got any more Dickensian jokes I'm supposed to tee you up for. Uh, I think we can go straight on to the the cons. Uh, no, no, uh, I don't. I was trying to see if I could work in like a tale of two cities joke there, but <laughs> I'm coming up short. Um, and they are the what the two Dickens books I know. <laughs> no, I'm sure I know more. I'm, I'm sure I know more. Um, what doesn't work? Okay. It ruins the start of the race for me often. We were lucky in Austin that 
the grids were sufficiently different to give you a bit more uh, variance in in the two races. But it so often is just a, a, a preview. So that really doesn't work for me. I think it needs to really be changed. Um, I just, I, I don't think the, the the format in terms of having it on the Saturday, and I've already said this, I don't like that, that you're breaking up the actual Grand Prix weekend. It feels more disjointed and it's very difficult to keep track of what's going on because the closest qualifying session to the Grand Prix is the sprint qualifying session. Yeah. Which to, in, in my head just does not compute. Um, so yeah, that, that for me, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, so th- those things I think need work. But what about you guys? What, what else is uh, there that you want to bring to the table? Abby, uh, I'll let you go next. Thank you. Um, I agree with both those points. I think having it on the sprint Saturday it's good for alliteration, but it makes... Which is what you want from your sport. <laughs> it, um, it, it is difficult to keep track. Like you say, Sam, I've had it before where we've been on a race review podcast. And you're still laughing. Stop it. You're going to make me laugh. F1 um, sponsored by literary devices. <laughs> it, I've had it before. We'll be on a race review and we'll be discussing qualifying for the Grand Prix. And I can't remember what's happened because it yeah. it seems so like long ago. It's also convoluted. Like, like oh, which which Q two yeah. did that happen in? Like, oh, who missed out? Yeah, exactly. And then it does. I feel like over the weekend you want the excitement to build up, and you get that on the Friday, and then you get it on the Saturday for the sprint. But it kind of dips because, like you say, it does preview the Grand Prix, and it's just it's just messy at the moment. It feels a little bit like, you know, when you have like a, a, a random midweek day off because yeah. you had to book time off work for whatever, you've got to do something that you can't do on the weekend. It feels a little bit like a random day off in the middle of an F1 weekend. It ruins the flow completely. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to say I had great expectations for uh, these. Yes, mate. <laughs> but I love for, that for you. But for Oliver Twists, they've tried to uh, introduce, I think they've really fallen on hard times. Oh, so you put me to shame. <laughs> might be the, the best sentence I've ever said. But <laughs> carrying on to my actual genuine opinions. Um, I, yeah, I think it just, it takes away from every part of it somehow like qualifying feels less important even though it's still the same it feels less important and a lot of people can't watch it and then uh, i can see sam looking at the screen and i reckon he's looking up charles dickens novels i'm looking up- <laughs> <laughs> i knew I, I knew i knew more as soon as he said hard times and great expectations i was like oh, of course of course <laughs> but anyway anyway uh, yes i will carry on um yeah and then as as abby said you know the it gets convoluted and and so rarely i mean we've seen some better sprints this this season than we did before you know people bring up the the lewis interlagos one but that was a very specific you know reason he was in a rocket ship at the back of the of the field that it wasn't sao paulo like centric in terms of the 
the quality of that sprint race. So yeah, I think still on on the whole, it takes away more than it adds and and that's kind of defeats the point apart from getting bums on seats at the venue. But then apparently, yeah, it, that didn't even work this year. They, they had a, a lower turnout on the Saturday than when it was just for qualifying. And bearing in mind that I've already said that I like the one hour or the, the reduced practice session, we have now in the last two sprint, uh, sprint weekends seen the lack of practice time rear its ugly head. First of all, in Qatar with the tyre situation, which they then had to add an extra 10 minutes practicing because there wasn't sufficient running to kind of work out, you know, the tyres are off, blah, 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 so on and so forth. We don't need to recap the whole thing. And then obviously with the, the skid block issue in Austin where Mercedes and Ferrari were caught out, they just didn't do enough running. They didn't do any, or at least Mercedes didn't do any uh, full fuel load running for Lewis Hamilton. So they didn't get a representative sample of what would happen to the, the, the skid block during the race, hence disqualification. So that isn't great. Some people would like some people will see that as a positive because it adds to the drama, it adds to the kind of, you know, the randomness of it and also the stakes of that one hour. But if you're having issues every weekend of a varying degree, that's not good. You want consistency and you want the the format to work for its merits, not for its chaos. Yeah, I mean, at that point, why not chuck in some sprinklers? Like, it's it's not a million miles away from that, is it? It's it's what artificial. about reverse grid? <laughs> well, let's uh, let's now move on after a short break to our ideas on how yeah we can improve the sprint format. So yes, solutions. Uh, I mean, I spent that entire last. Uh, contribution from sam waiting for a charles dickens title and didn't get one but uh i'll start with you sam <laughs> what solutions do you have and well, do they involve <laughs> anything about christmas or carols or <laughs> well no david copperfield was i mean sorry david copperfield, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm um that was pretty uh bleak house um <laughs> come on man I'm sorry, right, I'm done. I, I wanted to get them out of the way so I can actually like make a point. Um, I think there's, for me, there's three main ones and we can kind of bring them back. I think your idea of alternate layouts is a very interesting idea. Thank you. I think that does, does it warrant some thought. You know, it's, there's merit to it um, because it, it changes up things over the weekend. It adds another variable. It adds... Uh, needing to adapt needing to recalibrate you know you ne- you're going to need to change your setup like the outer ring of Bahrain there's no way you could run a similar setup to the normal Grand Prix track so I was going to talk about this because your kind of caveat or your devil's advocate mm. thing was yeah you'd, they'd say you need to change setups come out of Park Fermi although we've been discussing whether that would potentially be a good thing anyway I mean Park Fermi is a rule designed for a regular weekend so there's nothing saying yeah. you couldn't mix it up and you know the, the the mechanics work quite a lot anyway so it would be that or would you leave them with two practice sessions i mean because this is the thing the it's not changing the 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 problem with the organic build-up over the weekend that isn't solved by my idea of outer layouts that's staying as it is there's no way really to do that though because 
they they want something on the Friday, and that's that's why the sprint is there. So that's not going to change. But um, just to yeah, to make that point, the the alternative would be: do you give them two practice sessions before qualifying? And then let them have a decent amount of time, but still, then you'd get variance and a bit more of a lottery, maybe, in that they would have to try and find a balance between the two layouts. What I would caution is I don't think that the teams would be a fan of going, all right, set up A for a practice session, set up B for a practice, for a practice session, and then having to change between those again across the weekend. I think you want to have first set up, do everything you need to do on that setup, then move to the second setup. I think that's probably what their preference would be. But I I think this could work in a in a way that you have it entirely isolated first. So like yeah, you go Friday is the sprint. So you get the hour practice session or a practice session, the sprint quality sprint race then rinse and repeat on the you know second half of saturday or saturday and then sunday i think you have it first because i think that i think a big issue is solving that breakup of the flow of the weekend and and that will be a common theme in some of the other solutions which i don't think all necessarily marry together i think some is going to be this or the other well then i mean yeah what i was saying there like you could have one setup you could still lock in Park Fermi and let them have to bridge the gap. Yeah. And that would, you know, like, obviously it's an extreme difference when you're going to something like Bahrain outer loop compared to the the normal, but you know, these are the best drivers in the world. And this is almost the equivalent of introducing the sprinklers in like, we could end up with scenarios like Turkey where the cars are very hard to drive, but they are the best drivers in the world. So, you know, gives them a not ideal setup and you might get a bit more. Yeah over a mixed up result organically i mean people of our generation are sorry are always saying that i remember growing up they look so difficult to drive they're twitching through the corners yeah and we miss that so yeah i'm not saying they're going to twitch through the corners in the same way but it'll 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 bring driver skill more into the uh onto into the fold and it'll be interesting to see i mean most would obviously uh you know tailor their their setup towards the main race because that's where the majority of the points are but then, yeah, you could maybe that you'd again, this is almost I mean, this idea is so great. I, it keeps getting better the more I think about it. But no, like a has say who doesn't think they're going to get any points on the Sunday could go. Let's just commit to the a setup for the sprint and try and grab a few points there by being perfectly tailored for that. I mean, it answers some questions, right? Can a has beat a Red Bull when the has is fully tailored to yeah. that setup and the Red Bull is playing a compromise? And there you go. Uh on to the next idea. Abby, what have you got? What do you got? Well, I do like that idea because I do think then, like you say, it would demonstrate individual drivers and who is better at handling a more difficult car. Um, but yeah, we've spoken about it a lot. And I know at one point we came up with an idea of a separate championship with like the reserve drivers or the drivers in the junior academies, for example, like Frederick Vesti could then replace one of the Mercedes drivers if they were doing that for a weekend. But I was I was having a discussion with my dad and we were talking about it. And we thought, what if you have standard qualifying on a Friday? So this doesn't fix the whole idea of moving the sprint Saturday to another day to make the weekend less convoluted. But the alliteration, you must save it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have qualifying on a Friday... 
And then on the Saturday, if you have the sprint shootout, and what it is, is each driver gets one chance to set a time. They do one outlap, one flying lap, and then a cooldown lap. But the order they do it in is from pole to P20 from Friday's qualifying. So as the track evolves and it gets quicker, if Verstappen's on pole and Hulkenberg's P20, he... Hulkenberg would then have the better chance at getting a faster time, for example, because the track would evolve and be quicker. And then, just quickly, Sam, in the sprint race, you set the grid based on that qualifying and you enforce a pit stop, but it has to be done after, like, lap six, so. Like F2. Yeah. I also really like the jeopardy (laughs) that you're bringing in with the the one-shot qualifying because if there is... If there's weather, if there's changing weather, um, so I'm not, you know, some like aging man from Indiana. I don't ever say there's going to be weather. Um, <laughs> if there's changing conditions, that could benefit you one way or the other. So there's jeopardy there. And I think that's a, a, a real merit of the one shot qualifying. And I think you're absolutely right, Abby. Changing up the qualifying format for me is critical. It's central yeah. to what they need to do. And I remember you said that before. I think even we came to the first sprint race of the year, or maybe after the first one. I remember you saying one shot qualifying is surely the way to go to differentiate it more because it doesn't. It's not different. It's not different enough as things are. You know, it's it's. They can still quite often get two runs, which is what they're doing anyway. It's just kind of five minutes fewer where they're not sat in the garage like then that's why it's particularly confusing and they're two such similar ones but one doesn't really count for that much um and, and you you see on over a weekend there are some guys who need a banker lap they need that m- mentally they need that insurance policy and there are some guys who don't and it will separate the the adults from the children in, yeah. in that element and again you're showcasing more skills that we don't get to see as often anymore i'd agree with that um and the other thing uh, i was going to say was abby talking about the the junior drivers the academy drivers whatever i saw a, a funny comment online where someone was like yeah no you know how can we fix this let's yeah let's get the academy drivers involved uh and then you know because we want more action over the weekend and then we can make it a reverse grid but you know we, we want two races so let's make it two races but we can't risk hurting the drivers you know the the real driver's car so let's let's use a, a different spec of car and then to you know really evaluate the 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 academy drivers why not make it a, a spec car uh and then oh we want to differentiate it so why not call it an f2 and then <laughs> and you realize like yeah we're we're we're, oh, we're not that far from what already exists are we? <laughs> um but well, f1's official gone i was gonna say this is why the the reverse grid option idea is my least favourite of the the solutions that have been have been forwarded. Uh, but anyway, we'll move on to that. Well, you've teamed me up nicely. It's what I was going to say. These are the the official F one uh, ideas that are apparently being kind of lobbied or discussed at the moment. Um, at least according to Autosport, uh, we saw the article I think uh, yesterday. It was firstly uh, a, a separate sprint championship. Uh, I will give yeah we can go through one by one because for a very quick it's it's a quick answer for me like I don't care and so does the man on the street care if you know we as F1 fanatics and people who work in the sport don't really care because I mean it's still going to be max you know this year 
by a, a mile it had already been sewn up not not to be flippant and i appreciate that take doubles tennis versus singles tennis is a very different sport and there are a lot there are many more di- and different factors involved and someone who's more learned on tennis i'm sure would destroy me uh for for this but it's a little bit like oh yeah well they won wimbledon and they're like oh yeah well th- th- i didn't know that and they're like yeah them and their doubles partner yeah oh <laughs> yeah like oh oscar piastri won the championship the sprint championship yeah no. exactly it's a, it's a caveat it's a caveat it's, it's an afterthought isn't it um the second option they were talking about is a one million dollar prize for the winner and again i don't care like these drivers are incredibly well paid it's not like you know the, the whole point of where you in, enjoy that like x factor brent's got what like those kind of reality shows or who wants to be a millionaire back in the day was like regular people getting like a huge prize you go oh that's cool like that could be me or whatever if again when max wins his fifth sprint of the year you go like oh cool he got an extra five million on top of the 40 million he already gets as a salary like if you do what what what, what do they call it with the grand national with the sweepstake oh Is yeah it a sweepstake yeah i think so if you did like a, a big competition where each driver picks out a person the, a, a regular person who has you know i don't know paid a tenner or whatever to be in this hat and then all of a sudden Daniel Ricciardo is your proxy. He's your driver for the year. If he wins the sprint championship, you win a million pounds or a million yeah. dollars. That would make it <laughs> then, more interesting. Then I would right? care. Yeah. Because you'd be like, oh, come on, like, you know. And I pre- appreciate that's only 20 people would get the opportunity. But if you're going to do the money thing, you've got to make it more interesting than that. Because, I mean, yeah, admittedly, some of the drivers are, I was going to say, only on like 250K. Yeah. People will be surprised to know that actually. Some of them aren't as well paid as you might think they are. But that but is nonetheless, a ridiculous like, salary. Yeah. And they'd probably lose it in a, a $1 million fine for walking across the track a, a race later anyway, it would appear, as per the, the other new regulation. Um, and then the final one was, of course, the reverse, which I think we've kind of covered already. And I think out of those three, it's the best, but it's still very low in in terms of what i think of it they're still thinking way too far in the box abby they're playing too safe yeah i think it's the best out of them but i think they should go with your idea james of using the alternate alternate track layouts and then do a one lap qualifying for the sprint and merge them together oh there you go i think we've solved it guys (laughs) I mean, as much as I love, I love the junior driver idea, and I, I think you, you want to see more junior drivers in the actual F1 cars. I think you're right, you, you two. I think alternate layouts, change qualifying up a bit um, to make that more interesting. I also think you could throw in the changing the the flow of the weekend up. Um, I think there's wiggle room there, but that's, that's the one bit I feel like we haven't maybe solved. Yeah, yeah. But it's difficult because, yeah, again, you're having to add more practice sessions in. Yeah. And, you know, we are only three people and this isn't our official job. So I think we've done a pretty good, uh, it's been a pretty good effort all around. So thank you guys uh, for your valuable opinions and also for agreeing with my idea. Um, it's it, We'll just have to wait and see what they do next year because I'm sure they will revamp it again. Um, but until I see you guys in a few days for another race review, not a sprint though, or at least not for another week and a half. Uh, Thank you both for joining me. Thank you for hosting and for all your 
Dickensian jokes, both of you. <laughs> well, thank you, Abby. It's, it's much appreciated. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad my artistic license has not been a, has not gone <laughs> unnoticed. Uh, but also, who's going to be writing up the uh, the email to F1 with our ideas? Yeah, your editor in chief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fine. All right. Let's see how uh, many uh, Dickens references you can sneak in as well. Because then they'll know you're smart. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Dickens is a real, like, you know, Marmite author, so we might get lucky, we might not. Well, we'll wait and see. Um, but yeah, until next time, it's been a pleasure, and uh, I'll speak to you all soon. That's uh, Sam, Abby, and you, the listener. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go! Podcast Network.